So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. My next guest is an accomplished actor on shows like Falcon Crest, Fame, Hill Street Blues, Knott's Landing, Dallas, boy, Dallas, whoa, boy, back in the day, who shot JR? And New York Undercover, off on Fox, man, that was the show. His film credits include Get Rich or Die Trying, Hoodlum, Predator, Minister Society. That is a movie. If you've not seen it, you should catalog that. That is one of the, the best urban um Inner city movies of how um, drive-bys and uh, inner city violence. I was living in L.A. at the time when that movie came out, so it was really uh, very relatable and many more. He's a TV and film director and uh, deep cover when he was with Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Man, we got to talk about that, man. Sister Act 2, uh, producer, writer, and the author of the new book that we're going to talk about on the show today, Bill Duke, 40-year career on screen and behind the camera. Since I said his name, Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Bill Duke. <laughs> God bless you, my brother. Thanks for having me. Hey, Bill, how you doing, my friend? I'm blessed, man. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, first of all, uh, you know, you know, I know your talents. Uh, we 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 kind of met a couple of times when you came by Steve Harvey's morning show, and uh, you was always quiet, but always had a a message about giving back, man. I, even been that's, yeah. about, that's about 15 years ago when we had that conversation, and uh, I yeah. see you still maintaining that with your foundation. Talk to us about that yeah. before we get into the book. Well, it's the uh, Duke Media Foundation, and you can see it online at dukemediafoundation.org, dukemediafoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And we teach young people who are interested in our industry uh, two things. One is media literacy. Uh, we've gone from film and television to Hulu, Crackle, uh, Amazon, Netflix, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, cell phone apps. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's not about just purchasing those things. It's about what are the jobs behind those issues. Right. And, those. and the second thing we teach young people is financial literacy. Right. We are taught how to spend money, but not how to use money. So we teach them about what is the FDIC, what's the Federal Reserve, what's the stock market, what is Wall Street, what's debt, what is credit, what is compound interest. Mm-hmm. What are student loans? So that they're given the information that they can uh, utilize to their benefit in terms of leveraging dollars for themselves. That's really amazing. And what's the age group, and how can one, uh, how can a young person? I'm assuming it's male and female. And uh, what's the yeah. age group that participates in this uh, in your foundation program? They're high schools from 14 uh, to 18 years old, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, we try to hold it four times a year. Um, we uh, are constantly raising funds for it because we think we want to eventually take it national. 
Yes, sir. Particularly financial literacy is so important. You know, we, we're taught to spend money, but not how to use it. So Absolutely. we're trying to spread the Absolutely. Well, you know, the thing about it is always use me as an asset, you know, when you're doing it again. And uh, uh, Bill, first of all, I'm a fan. Uh, you've been like a mentor to me because I, I've watched your talent. I've, uh, uh, and it, the people don't understand. You don't have to know somebody for somebody to be your mentor. It's just what they how they carry themselves, how they present themselves on screen, their accomplishments and watching your career. I have to say you're, you have been a mentor to me because you've laid the groundwork to say this can happen. This can happen. And uh, you have a production company that, that produces film and television shows called Duke Media Entertainment. Let the, let the fans and the listeners know about that. Well, we um, try our best, you know, to collaborate with um, other companies, um, network studios, uh, online, etc., to create content. We call it edutainment. And we don't preach or anything, but we think that, you know, you can entertain people, but also give them a little nugget to think about. You yes, know? sir. Yes, and uh, without, you know, because we don't know everything, but, you know, there are issues that raise their head that should be addressed. And you can do it in an entertaining way. So we try our best to do that. And so um, that's 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 our goal. Well, you know, the interesting thing about having a production company, because I have one is and uh, but yours is way more advanced than mine, Bill. And um, is that when you think about uh, how do people. What are the wrong, the incorrect way that people present ideas or try to pitch ideas to you or to your production company? If you can give my, my listeners uh, uh, a quick how-to and how-don't to pitch an idea. Well, first of all, um, t- today, uh, pitching an idea, um, a lot of the creative executives in our industry are accountants. And, um, you know, you go and just pitch an idea, Verbally, I think you better protect yourself better if you have uh, what is called a deck, and it's a visual, digital presentation of the vision. Um, who is your basic audience? How many of them are there? What is your gender, etc.? Have a little sizzle reel would be great. You can have the script plus a synopsis. But to answer your um, vital question, I used to go pitching with passion and, and all kinds of well, my grandfather, great-grandfather was a slave or whatever, and that, that. This is why it's important. And I used to pitch those ideas, and I go back to my agent because no one picked the ideas up. And I said, what in the name of what's going on? And so he said, hey, Bill, did you answer the essential question in the first three minutes of the pitch? Mm-hmm. And I said, what is that question? He said, Bill, what they want to know is, how in the hell you going to make me my money back. <laughs> yep, that's true. That's true. I right. never thought about that. But you you can have all the passion you want. But if you can't tell them how you can make them the money back, it ain't mm-hmm. going to work too well. <laughs> that's not going to work at all. So that, so that means they definitely have that deck and also have a sense of what a per episode cost is going to be. Or if, if, that's, yeah. if you're talking about... Because I was talking to a, a president of a network the other day, and he asked me, uh, I was talking about a cooking show. He said, he immediately asked, he immediately asked me, okay, what's the per episode called? And I went, oh, uh, I went, uh, let, me, let me get back with you on that. Because, you know, because a lot of people thought, you know, I had to go there. You know, me, me, me had to go, uh, didn't expect that to come out in this conversation so fast. I like that idea. What's the, what's the per episode cost? I went, uh, 
Because you know you don't want to throw out the wrong number. You throw out the wrong number and kill the deal, or you throw out the wrong number and you can lose money because you could have made more money. So you, so I That's hesitated. Right. And so because everybody's right. talking about digital, they're talking about streaming, they're talking about cable, they're talking about television, and each one of those carry a different price tag on what you can actually charge per episode or what you can accomplish in production quality. So it's really amazing yeah. that you said that because I, I was victim of that last week, Bill. So it's, that's what we built. So let's talk about this book. Let's talk about this book, man. Uh, I've read the book, uh, Bill Duke, 40-Year Career on Screen and Behind the Camera. Um, my, my, my first takeaway of this book, because you were born and raised in Poughkeepsie, New York. That's where IBM, I used to work for IBM, so I immediately uh, uh, related to that story. Um, tell me about why did you write this book, Bill? Well, I wrote it for uh, several reasons, you know. It's um, the legacy from my family, you know. Um, I, I really wanted people to know uh, about the era in which I grew up in and the people who guided me through that time. Yes, I grew sir. up during a time of segregation. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, my mother and father came from, my father was from Orange, Virginia. My mother was from West Point, Mississippi, and they saw things that, I can't even, you know, they saw lynchings and what they call nigger barbecues where they put mm-hmm. us on spit mm-hmm. and turned us, we, we, were, we were alive and turned us around on spit so we'd be, we'd be dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to, to leave an understanding of our history and what we came from and where we are now and who contributed to the fact that we have the freedoms that we have now. Um, and I wanted to pay homage to the people that helped me get where I am uh, it wasn't just me. There are people who cared about me cool. when they saw it. Cool. We're going to be right back with and more. Also- well, we're going to be back with more. Bill, we'll be talking more about his book, uh, Bill Duke, for Year Career on Screen and Behind the Camera. Got a lot more questions and a lot more movies to talk about. Don't go nowhere. Money. Cool. This is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations on the phone as the incredible Bill Duke. He's talking about his new book. Bill Duke, 40-year career on screen and behind the camera. Uh, Bill, you were talking about uh, why you decided to write the book when we was ending the first break. Uh, please, uh, I, I, you had some more thoughts there, if you can wrap it up, and I have a tremendous amount of more. Because I read the book, and I'm really excited about sharing. I won't give away the book. Uh, sharing some of the uh, uh, things that moved me about your book. So uh, did you did you complete your thought on why you wrote the book? Yeah, I wrote. It, yeah, I wrote it because I wanted to also give back and uh, maybe get some nuggets of information that could be helpful to young people who are getting into the business, also, because the business of discipline, not just passion, and the business of understanding the business of the industry. So I wanted to give that back, also. You know, when I when I read the book, because of the fact that you know race played a major role in your upbringing. You know, your skin color, um, you know, your your parents were. Uh, blatant victims of racism. Uh, you were beat down uh, because of you didn't stop. You were walking, and some people beat you down because you didn't stop. Uh, now, now, a man who's lived this life, uh, this journey, talk about race. Like, can you can you talk about race every decade in your life, or every twenty years? Has it changed over the years? Your your relationship with race and racial discrimination, or just expound on that if you can. Well, uh, it, I, I think there have been some changes. There has been some progress, but it doesn't mean that it has all gone away. We're yes. living in a, an unfortunate time of division, and I think that, you know, it's because of basic ignorance 
Yes. And it's not just, how can I say this? Um, I used to think it was just black against white or those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I did a documentary a couple of years ago called Dark Girls, another one called Light Girls. Mm-hmm. There's racism in the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, extends from slavery. You know, white is considered better over dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. And online, if you go to hashtag team white skin and hashtag team dark skin, black women, over 350,000 members, you know, in each group, bickering over skin color and those kinds of things. So our humanity is the foundation of everything. But sometimes we are preoccupied with our differences rather than our similarities. That's really important. Now, one of the questions I wanted to ask about your home life, and it, it was um, it was interesting, but uh, your uncles that stayed in the in your room with you, which I think is either yeah. a sitcom or a nice drama <laughs> series, man. Uncle Albert, Uncle Eddie, and Uncle Howard. I'm telling you something. I'm saying, you know I read this book. You know I read your book now. You don't just start talking about them three dudes if you ain't read this book now. Now those three people, each was individual. They each had a, they, I'm not, I'm not, they each had their own um, blend. Talk about their effect, and then you know we are gonna sit down, me and you. And see, you might already, already hey, hey, you might be ahead of the curve already because that right there, my friend, is a, is a TV show. Talk to me about those those three <laughs> uncles, or talk to the fans. Well, basically, well, basically my 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 family were the guardians of our entire family. Whenever there was a problem. Um, my mother and father had great kind hearts, and they would help our relatives. And um, the place where they would stay, when they had a problem, they would come to our house, and they'd stay in my bedroom, and we, there were two beds there. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that was the motel for them. Mm-hmm. And I loved them all, but they had very strong personalities, <laughs> and they responsible a lot. Oh, that's what you're going to say? Cousin. That's what you're going to say, strong, huh? <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. My cousin Ernest, who stayed with us, he um, didn't have health insurance, mm-hmm. so he used to pull his own teeth. Right. And I had to observe this. I had to observe them to drink a half a bottle of liquor, mm-hmm. uh, take a knife and cut around his gum, yes. tie the string to his tooth, and then to a doorknob and close the door. Okay. That's how his tooth was okay. pulled. But he didn't do it just one time, though. Come on, tell no, the story no, now. Tell the one. story now. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 then, and then one day I made the mistake of letting him know I had a toothache, and he volunteered to help me. <laughs> I said, no, thank you, sir. <laughs> In the book, he did it several <laughs> times to himself. It was, it was like he was drunk one day and decided. No, to, no. No, no, no. This was his way of, of dentistry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He thought, he thought he was a dentist. You know what I'm saying? And then we would, and then he would put it, wasting our money on the white man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this was current. See, he hadn't even talked about them uncles. This was cousin Ernest. He was. He came yeah. after the first three uncles. Then current cousin Ernest came into his life. Now you had that's Albert. Right. You had uh, you had Eddie, and then you had that's Howard. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uncle, 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 um, uncle. Um, uh, Albert, Albert mm-hmm. and Uncle Howard, you know, they had both been in the service, mm-hmm. and they came back, you know, not physically wounded, but I would say emotionally wounded because they fought for our nation, but they came back. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were treated like, you know, 
black folks, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And that was very, very hurtful to them. And mm-hmm. um, many times they used to sit up like, you know, um, Uncle Uncle Albert used to sit up in the bed and talk to himself. And, um, and um, you know, after a while he, he got himself back together, but right. he would talk to himself in my room. And um, then Uncle Howard, he was, he was an angry, angry guy because of how society had treated him. And uh, if you looked at him, he would ask you not only what you, what are you looking at, but did you want a confrontation? Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but Uncle Eddie was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant dancer, singer, comedian person. Never got a break. Became an alcoholic and a drughead. Mm-hmm. And um, he stayed in my room, and he told jokes, and he sang songs, and uh, I was his audience. Right, right. In, in writing this book, and, and when I was going through it, just the different levels, because drugs uh, played a negative role in your life, and, yeah. uh, and you was able to overcome that. But, you know, yeah. the, the one thing in, in, your, in the relationship, because you were molested early on by a babysitter, yeah. and that affected yeah. your, 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 your relationship with women. Over the years, yeah. and yeah. but I, I want I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about you, the pioneer. You know, uh, uh, you know, the early days of television, uh, directing hit shows. Uh, you know, uh, doing incredibly. Uh, I feel uh, movies that I when I who I mean, Deep Cover, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. How did you make that transition to directing? Well, um, I was uh, directing. Uh, stage plays uh, in New York and out here in L.A. also. Mm-hmm. But I was always, and I wrote some of my own stuff, but I was always intimidated by the equipment of, you know, the cameras and the, the dolly grip, the dollies and, uh, and the lights and everything. And I was just overwhelmed by that. And um, so um, I got um, a show called Promise Town USA by, um, you know, normally and Alex Haley produced it. Right. I was on it couple of seasons, um, Janelle Allen and myself, but then I didn't work two years after that. And I said, I better, I better get over this fear because I have to have more than one skill. I applied for the American Film Institute, got in. And thank God. Wow. Um, go ahead. I said, wow, that's awesome. And uh, I got a film out of that called The Hero, and it got some recognition. I shopped it around to everybody. They wouldn't take it. And so they wouldn't let me direct. So I went away on a retreat for... Um, uh, meditation, because I, I, I'm a transcendental meditation practitioner. Mm-hmm. And cheat, my agent calls me and says, uh, David Jacobs wants to see you from Knox Landing. He's a producer. I said, what? So I flew, I went back and met with David Jacobs. It was like a strange little meeting, very brief. And mm-hmm. then um, my agent, it's not going to happen. A week later, the agent calls me and said, David Jacobs wants you to direct the first episode of Knox Landing. I cheered. I was so happy. Uh, then I went to work, and um, I was there for, like, you know, prepping the, the – uh, and the last day of prep, Joe Wallenstein comes and says, Bill, you, we know you're going to be a great director from your reel. I said, what reel? Well, the reel you turned into David. I said, no, I just got an AF. He said, wait a minute. He goes into David Jacobs' office. David Jacobs had mixed my box up with someone else's. <laughs> that's how I got my first job. Oh, that's a, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Yeah, but you, God, we, God, God, God bless me. But, but also, but, the other thing I was going to tell you was about my first day on Dallas. 
I was the first black director on Dallas, and I go to the gate, and I roll the window down, and the security guard says to me, who are you delivering for? That was... That was a moment. And that's the... And well, I, I read that in the book, and I'm going to let everybody know that uh, I don't want to give away all them nuggets, Bill, because I remember that, and you, you, you paused momentarily because you didn't want to, like, become a, become a Black Panther. Back in the day, Black Panther on them. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something, Bill. Do me a favor. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to come on my show. I really want to bring you back because, man, we, uh, this is like a, like, a, like a conversation. A conversation with Bill. Can you send me, uh, can you send me a, um, a, a, a banner so I can post this Thursday? I got over a million social media followers, okay? Bill, you be safe, my friend. You need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great. They sound great, too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So go to buyraycon.com iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds if you've been eyeing a pair now is the time to get an amazing deal one more time buy raycon.com slash iheart